afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch, did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of a political incorrectness. Etan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mary from Riyadh. Uh, this is The Fetch, and you are indeed listening to Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Today's date is Thursday, June the 18th, 2020, and a good Thursday afternoon to all of you listening in the United States and Canada. And a good early Friday morning, that is, to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones. And, of course, wherever you are listening out there on the World Wide Web or our FM and micro FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well with you and yours. Summer is, uh, I guess, is what, a few days away now, if I'm not mistaken. But it's, of course, visited uh, Riyadh already for quite some time and a few weeks now, to be exact. Today's high again hit in the... 100, so we hit 107 degrees, and actually quite a breeze. Uh, I was in the southern part of Riyadh today, the southern region of Riyadh, uh, out to what they call the Karj Highway. So I was down there today for much of the day, and there was a nice brisk breeze out there, but it kind of like gives me the sniffles and a, I don't know, <laughs> it's a COVID-19 thing, guys. But no, I, I it's not a good thing, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll make it through it, of course, but it is what it is. Anyways, current temperature sitting at 87 degrees at just after 1 o'clock in the morning, and we'll be going down to a low of 80 degrees in the hour before sunrise, and then pretty much turn around, do it all over again for the next four to five months, something like that. Uh, latest reports, just out of here anyways, uh, the COVID-19 thing is still going very, very strong. Uh, they're reporting like 4,300 some odd cases today, something like that. And, uh, 49 new deaths. See, they gotta count every single one, guys. Keep everybody scared. Uh, everyone's getting on my case because I haven't been wearing a mask when I'm by myself. It's like, I'm, guys, I'm in my car. Give me a break, man. I, I saw an interesting phrase about masks. You know, people wearing masks. In their car are kind of like people wearing condoms to bed by themselves equally. And I, th- I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, uh, a lot of these people are just absolutely becoming insane. And it's become really we're looking at a, a very, um, to say the least, a very, very strange year uh, throughout the world. But, of course, in the United States, it's become insane. It's becoming insane in the U.K., pretty much throughout the Western world. And I think everybody's starting to take note of the problems 
that we are facing. Even my Saudi colleagues are looking at this as saying, this isn't good, Dennis. What's happening over there? Um, we've got friends like uh, in Santa Monica. You know, Saudis like Santa Monica. It's a nice, beautiful area if you guys know California. So you're going to find uh, a fair amount of Saudis will kind of settle there. They've got property there. Uh, it's a nice place. If you know California, Santa Monica really is a nice place to escape from the summer heat. But they're just saying it's not as crazy as a couple weeks ago, but it's still insane. Uh, it's just not the same thing, in other words. So we're looking at a lot of problems. I, th- I saw somewhere that the health officials, you know, Donald Trump is trying to host a a rally and these rallies are kind of like pep rallies and they're very very effective in fact trump has to do that quite frankly because the media can't stand them uh, google's blocking everything youtube facebook facebook today they actually banned blocked some advertisements because basically he was calling out antifa or blm as basically being writers they were anti-antifa uh, anti-blm one or the other i didn't see the full details but it was one of those you can check into it and uh Facebook blocked it. They they shut it down, says it violates their hate speech policy. So we're going to talk a little bit about the politics and framing tonight as we get into this show. And uh it's kind of, for me, it's it's an important message because it's somewhat somber. You know, I was thinking today, here we are, 2020, and for the most part, things have been going very well uh leading up. You know, obviously it's never great. We have a, a, a terrible batch of politicians throughout the, the world. Uh, I, when you look at what's happening, especially in America, you know, the fact that, uh, not the attorneys, they lie, of course, but the fact that politicians lie and the fact that politicians are greedy for power. And you look at the way the United States was set up so that power would be fragmentized to as much a degree as possible. With the very first few ideas of, look, you got to put in a uh, the right to f- speak your mind. In other words, if you can't speak your mind, you cannot challenge the powers that be. And the second is to the right to bear arms, because if you're denied the right to speak, then what remains is the right to bear arms. So you cannot have one without the other. And I think that is the key lesson, that most patriots... And the normies out there. And, of course, you have to reach out to these people because you have to have mass, some type of critical mass, as you've seen in all these protests out there. But the situation now is that the political elite in the United States and elsewhere has basically let it be known that the only way they are going to listen is by rule of force. It's almost to the point to where there's very little room. There still is room, but there's very little room for negotiated settlements. And there's many reasons for that. Number one, we're up against two different issues. A, we have a corporate elite, and we're talking about major corporations, you know, the top corporations, top 500 corporations in the United States the social media companies, the mainstream media companies. These are all Jewish-controlled and owned. Everybody should keep that in mind. These are Jewish-owned and controlled uh, operations. And then, of course, a lot of the politicians, which have been bought and paid for. So essentially, we have the entire establishment. 
is out to get middle America. And middle America, for the most part, is white. So you can call it an anti-white agenda, and it clearly is, based on what we have seen. We have seen this past week just some appalling videos coming out of marauding black people just beating the heck out of white people in the most insane, uh, sadist, sadistic way. And in a very real way, um, we're looking at the difference between a civilized society now and the utter chaos of, say, a Zimbabwe or a South Africa. And really, we have to ask ourselves, moving forward, what direction do we take? For instance, there were some protests out in Ohio this week. And it was in front of the state health director. Her name was Amy Acton. She's a Jew. And there were a couple hundred protesters outside her house. And uh, some of these protesters were carrying signs about globalists and stuff that Jews would view as being anti-Semitic. Well, she resigned the same day. She'll probably remain on as an advisor, but she resigned the same day. And I was talking to uh, Andy this week, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock. We recorded a show yesterday for release tomorrow, and uh, Andy felt... And it's it's his prerogative, and I'm certainly not criticizing him either, but the language was too strong to go out into where he's a, a British-based broadcaster, which says a lot to still what we have left in America today. And it's something that we Americans should not bow down so easily for, and that is the right to speak our mind. Because once you lose that right... And you're coward, uh, it's game over. It's game, set, match. What the politicians in America really seem to cater to right now is violence. And nobody wants to call out violence, per se. But at the same time, it's very clear that the politicians are agenda-driven. They are anti-American. They are very communist in their mentality. They are seeking to impose a totalitarian agenda upon the American people, especially middle middle America. And is it now going to be the case where middle America begins to understand that there is an absolute need to rise up and to confront these politicians? Recently, there have been increasing incidents in the United States of... Hangman nooses, ropes hanging hanging from trees. We've actually had a hanging of some black person recently. But at the same time, uh, the police and the powers that be through the political, they are all out there saying, we're going to investigate, we're going to investigate. Yet, as we all have seen, wherever the Democratic Party has a power base, and that's throughout most of the big cities out there, they have been more than willing to allow their Black Lives Matter activists, their Antifa activists, to just simply maraud, loot, burn, and murder at will. And once people are actually arrested, they are willing to just actually let these people who were arrested simply get out of jail the next day and come back and do it again. 
So the message to the American people is very clear. The Democratic Party of the United States and the Democratic Party is the Jewish Party. It has always been the Jewish Party and it will remain the Jewish Party. It is against the very structure of the United States itself. They're very powerful. And why are they very powerful? Well, because they are backed by Jewish money. Jews print the money. This gets handed down through all of these various NGOs. Those NGOs get really bequeathed tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. And that money gets thrown out to ultimately even the street level where people are being paid to burn, loot, and murder. The real acronym for BLM, Burn, Loot, and Murder. So the American people, as far as middle America, and we will count within a mid, within middle America, if we're very smart, we will count the conservatives within the Korean community, the Chinese community, even the Hispanics. I know a lot of you guys, you have a lot of connections with the Hispanic community, and you understand where I'm coming from. Even in the black community, people are starting to wake up. Because ultimately, this enemy we face is an enemy of everybody, not just white America. It's an enemy of everybody. It's essentially, as Henry Kissinger said some time ago, the war is between Jews and non-Jews. And what, of course, Henry Kissinger was referring to when he said the non-Jews, he was referring to the traditional white American power base. Now, the big discussion has been defunding the police, defunding the police. We've had a situation now in Atlanta where you had that guy. He was released early. He was serving a seven-year sentence. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't even care, quite frankly. But this guy was serving a seven-year sentence, and the Democrats let this guy out of jail because of, quote-unquote, COVID-19. So what the Democrat Party did is they essentially flooded the streets with a lot of criminals, a lot. This guy that was killed this past week in Atlanta was just one of them. He should never have been out of jail. Now you've got a couple of cops, if you want to call them that, facing murder charges for basically doing a pretty darn good job over a 40-minute period of trying to keep everything under control. That, of course, is so because of black privilege. Blacks and Jews are the most privileged people on or within the United States. And, of course, they want to project and say it's always white privilege, but no, we work for a living. We don't go out and burn, loot, and murder to take what we want. We're not going out there and stealing people's property just because we want to get something. We understand that that's not a respect for people's private property, whether you want to call it a Christian value of thou shalt not steal. I don't care. Uh, of course, that's very strong within the Christian community, at least those that are uh, somewhat devout. They understand that. But it's also, in my mind, a Western value. We just don't go out there and burn, loot, and mur murder. But as we said, the establishment is out to get you. Now in Atlanta, we have the situation of this black guy getting killed. I'm not laughing about that. I'm laughing because I'm rambling. Uh, this black guy gets killed. And then they burned down the Wendy's just a few hours after Wendy's had made the point to cater to black, to burn, loot, and murder. And now these cops are facing this, this murder rap. Same up in, uh, Minneapolis. And that doesn't even look like it's even a true story. That actually looks like it's all just a bunch of fake news. Quite frankly, the Minneapolis story doesn't even look real. 
Now we have a situation where virtually all the cops are pulling out and not working in Atlanta. Can't blame them because if they ever actually did something and had to protect themselves, the mayor, the city council, the district attorney, all of them black are looking to basically prosecute you if you're a police officer. So now we have a situation where the police in Atlanta are basically not working, calling in sick. They're not working. Then you have the big national debate of defunding the police. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm looking at it this way. Where we have European power bases, white power bases, like Polk County down in Florida, we have no reason to fear the police per se because the police have come out on record as saying, hey, we support the people. Our people got guns. We like guns and we're not afraid to use the guns. And if you value your life, don't come to Polk County. That mindset under these current conditions needs to now be expanded county by county by county by county so that it becomes very clear to these leftist communist dictators that are trying to take over the country, and this is a regime change operation here that we are witnessing, it should be very clear. Now, there's a civil war brewing right now. It's actually hot. It's not super hot, but it's a civil war. I don't know how you can call what's happening in the United States other than that. It is a civil war. Do I think the left has enough to pull it off? No, I actually don't think they do have enough. But it is going to become very important that two things happen within the United States now. Number one, there must be a double-down political effort to remove these people, period. Go ahead and try the ballot box. The second issue is through paramilitary operations. Protests, if you want to call it that. A show of force. We are not, as white Americans, European Americans, going to devolve into a bunch of chimpanzees called burn, loot, and murder. Because that's basically what BLM is. It is a chimpanzee operation. We are not going to devolve into a situation where we are completely brain dead and not able to communicate our message. Not everybody has to have a uber-sophisticated level of knowledge that we might possess here within this network of shows that you're a part of. It, but it's really important that these two things start to be factored in. Now you come to the issue of defunding the police. Well, okay, in this case... There may be a strategic advantage in certain areas to go ahead and defund them. There may be. Now, some of you are saying, Dennis, I live in these areas. I don't want to see the police go. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. But the fact of the matter is, is that the police in these areas are being used largely to target any type of resistance to this regime change. That means that if you come out and you are utilizing a weapon to protect yourself, which you should be entitled to do, we are seeing the police go after these types of people. It's a very dangerous situation. If the police are not there, 
then the people will be able to start to police themselves. And as long as everybody is using proportionality, when you defend yourself, certainly nobody is going to find fault with you. I'll give you an example. There was a video released uh, two days ago. And some idiot is on the street and he's literally throwing rocks at passing cars. Well, you know, obviously... If it broke the glass, it hit somebody, somebody could get killed. This is a very dangerous situation. Well, what somebody did is they saw it, witnessed it, and they slowed down. Then they started to drive again. They witnessed the same person get out, pick up another rock, and throw it again. The guy turned around, drove up onto the sidewalk, and ran the guy over. Sent him flying about five to seven feet. Young kid got up. It's okay. This is called proportionality. Because if that guy thinks that he has a right to go out and throw rocks, and if that guy thinks that at this stage of the process that people are going to sit there and try to call the police, you're wasting your time. That's my personal opinion. Under these types of hot situations, you're wasting your time. There must be much more communication now within the community members about the right to self-defense, about the right to counter Violence by the Democratic Party, by the ADL, by the SPLC, and even by the police. Now, am I saying that you are to go to war against the police? No. In And where there is a strategic advantage, what I am saying is that perhaps it's better not to have 20,000, 6,000, 900, whatever the case is in a certain area of police, actually on the streets warring against you equally. Again, where you have strategic advantage, you want to have your police. They're generally good people. They're generally working hard for you. But if those police are serving a democratic system, a totalitarian system, are they really good people? I hear all these police, stop, stop uh, harassing, not, not victimizing us, but you know, stop uh, uh, demeaning us, you know, stop uh, impinging upon our character, this type of stuff. It's like, you know what? We've watched you guys in the blue go out there and target mothers because their kids are playing on the swings. You're harassing people because they're not wearing a mask. You're impinging upon their ability to even go to church. You're harassing them just for going out and trying to have a drink somewhere. Guys, the police... If those types of levels of police actions, they deserve no respect. They should not be given any respect. In fact, they should be given nothing but scorn because they are part of the political problem. We have enough problems. We do not need a well-funded police operation that will be there if this thing starts to go hotter. And it's getting hotter. You know, if you want to destroy people's ability to understand how to resolve their problems today, one thing you're going to want to do if you are a totalitarian Talmudic Jewish system like we are witnessing being deployed against the American people now is you're going to want to take away all of their history. Take away all of their solid role models. Take away the things that people can research into and say, oh, wow, is that what this guy stood for? Maybe I want to be like that. Take away the inspiration. 
That's the whole thing about this demoralization. It's not demoralize and, and make people down. It's basically you want to start by just making them less moral as people. Take away the values. Take away the the intrinsic nature of their society that makes it good. Once you remove the positive benefits of the society, the positiveness of your culture, that's when your morale will start to fade because you have less and less base upon which to build yourself and grow your community. Now, I hear a lot of things lately about how America is doing great. America's this, America's that. And in certain areas, I'd like to believe it is. I would. Obviously, everybody, for the most part, in the social media communities like a Gab, like a Minds, uh, within my base of operation, so to speak, within that group that I associate with, it is kind of bubblish. I get a lot of stuff that feeds into my narrative that I want to understand, and I'm smart enough to know that. But at the same time, it is impossible to ignore the dangers now that the current political class is wielding over the American people. I heard of a story, I think it was in North Dakota or South Dakota. Some mayor, he gets, quote-unquote, we have some intelligence that uh, so-and-so, and he declares by himself that the Second Amendment is going to be now foreclosed upon. Nobody can have their weapons that they all are actually entitled to have. And everybody's supposed to stay inside. Well, again, these are dictatorial policies, and that mayor should immediately face the wrath of the people just as surely as burn, loot, murder, and Antifa are forcing others to face the wrath of the people. In other words, there must be at this stage now a counter-demonstration against these people. It happened this week in Ohio. Amy Acton, the Jewish, wonderful, right? Another frickin' Jew, right? Telling everybody to stay home. All right, we're going into a break, everybody. More on this when I get back. It's the Fetch, Inside the Eye, live, prime time. Back after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, it's the Fetch, Inside the Eye, live, prime time. It's Thursday, June uh, 18, 2020. Hope you're having a great Thursday afternoon. You know, honestly, for me, everything, guys, because obviously I'm, I'll tell you what, I'll give you kind of a personal insight about me a little bit here. In 1998, 1999, something like that, it become very, it became to me very, very clear that what was happening in the United States was that the elites were setting up America to go down. It was just clearly obvious to me. This was 1998, right after, really 1999-2000. And you could see the writing on the wall because of the way in which we saw the financial meltdown. Back then it was called the dot-com bust, the telecom bust. And it was very clear what was happening. I had already had at that stage two and a half years of just hellish nightmare from the LAPD, Rampart Police Department, uh, that had targeted me with so many electronic weapons. It was absolutely insane uh, what I was going through. These people are absolutely disgusting, evil, subhuman animals, okay? These people don't deserve any of your sympathy. These people deserve to be shot. 
for what they did to people. They don't, they deserve to be shot for what they were doing to people, for the lives that they destroyed. These are disgusting. You can't even call these people humans. They're animals. They are below the level of a human spirit. They are absolutely vile, disgusting people to sit there and cook people with microwaves all day long, long before your 5G, guys. They're disgusting, evil people. They deserve, quite frankly, to not be on this planet by far. So I had already seen that this was going to be a problem moving forward. By 2007, 8, okay, it was clear by the way the real estate market was being set up because I was training the black community in 2002, 2003 like this. I was training them even earlier than that, even I think like maybe 2000. But I was training these kids, these rappers to teach prop, to not teach, but to speak properly on the telephone so that they could target the black community and essentially try to convert all of their home equity into loans so that they can quote unquote write off the interest, you know? And then of course the 2007, 2008 financial bubble hit. So by that stage, if you knew the situation in 2008, you know, and all of you are around in 2008, all of you knew that there was virtually zero awareness in 2008. Virtually nothing. In 2008, you were getting banned by pretty much everybody on the net. Now, that's happening today also. In fact, it's happening more now. But back then, you were getting banned as a lone wolf. Nowadays, you get banned on YouTube or mm, Facebook, for instance, or let's say Twitter, not because you're the lone wolf. Now the banning is just on a massive scale. The censorship is on a massive scale. So I had made a decision back in like 2002 to plan for an escape because there was nobody. I couldn't talk to anybody in 2002, 2003. Okay, just nobody. So I had made the plan to escape. So by 2007, 8, that opportunity came and I left the country. Now in 2000, what, 20? The amount of awareness inside of America is beyond exponential. It's, it's become transformative. Just as much as the Jewish community and the burn, loot, and murder people and the Antifa people have sought to create a transformative situation inside of America, well, our use of this technology has also created somewhat of a transformative uh, environment here within our communities and our country at large. Now, is there a lot of work to do? Absolutely. A massive amount of work. Two things have to happen. Personnel, again, personnel and a paramilitary counter-revolution. Because you're involved in a revolution now. It's your country, but is it really your country is it really your country? And I'm talking about to all of my friends across the West, and that would include Australia down under. Is it really your country when you can say something or you could have said something 20, 22, 25 years ago 
And that is being used to fire you, to destroy your economic opportunity for the future today. Is it really your country if that's what's happening to you? Is it really your country when you can defend yourself and the police are coming to arrest you for having the audacity to defend yourself? Is it really your country when you walk outside and you go for a walk on the beach and a bunch of thugs in blue show up and they want to arrest you or fine you for being out on the beach? Is that really your country? It's not. Because all of these are genuine activities. You know, there's the right to self-defense. That's a genuine activity that every sovereign person in the country should be able to exercise. Being able to walk on the beach should be a sovereign activity. No politician anywhere should have the ability to even dare to say something to the public and say, you cannot do. Go to, let's say, Oklahoma. Imagine, you've got burn, loot, and murder. They go out and they just destroy a, a democratic stronghold. Okay, fine. Who's really being hit there? It's middle America. The small business is there. There's also obviously some other businesses that are being hit. But overall, what's being hit are the... I don't want to hear this thing pounding in my ear. Overall, what's happening though is that the, where was I? I lost my concentration. The, um, actually lost my, my focus here. I was getting something in my ear and I lost the focus. Where was I guys? Uh, sorry about that. Um, we were talking about, oh yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You got 20,000 people. You know, the Democrats can muster 20,000 people to go burn, loot, and murder within their city. And we've seen it on display. We've seen the politicians say, all right, all right, all right. We got the point. What do you want? You want to defund the police? Okay, we'll defund the police. Okay, fine. Defund the police. I don't care. Defund it. It's your hellhole. What I'm saying, and others are taking me up on my word here too, is that it's a civil war. Period. Now, you may disagree with that. But if it is a civil war, and I believe it is, certain elements, if you can escape to friendly territory and you're behind enemy lines, uh, you might want to consider that. I am at the stage now, folks, where I, being anti-gun, am looking to now learn how to use a weapon myself. Because I can't talk about defending. I can't talk about doing all of these things if I'm also not willing to, to walk the walk. Think about that. You can't just lecture and scream and sermonize and all that stuff if you're not willing to walk the walk. This isn't my way. So I have the opportunity here, even Saudi, to learn how. If the government gives me that right, I'm going to take them up on that right. Fortunately, I'm with some very good people here. And if the government allows me to do so, I will actually take that up here. And I will learn how to use these things. Because we are at a situation where it is absolutely necessary to start to protect your territory. It is necessary to protect your communities. And it's been proven now. It has been proven. Now, if the Democrats want to bring 20,000 people to the streets... 
it's okay. Bring 20,000 as long as you can contain it within these democratic strongholds. But you need to hold the politicians to account. Don't you even think for one second of funding these idiotic, incompetent jackasses pretending to be mayors of a city. Don't even think about it. If these guys are too stupid to be able to have law and order in their town, if they are too stupid to understand that this is a regime change, which I'm going to call it the purple purple revolution, purple being the highest level of color here, then that's their issue. Come on, Chazistan, okay? Chazistan, inside of uh, Seattle. Everybody's living for free. It's all great. You know what? It's okay now. But guess what? They produce nothing. Okay? They produce nothing. How do you grow a, a country when everybody sitting there produces nothing? Okay. They just walk around. They get free food because they got a lot of donors coming in. They, they paint like a bunch of animals, you know, like basically a dog peeing on a hydrant. That's basically their graffiti. They call it artwork. No, it's, it's basically a dog pissing on a hydrant is what it is. And they think, oh, wow, we're doing great. No, you're going to achieve nothing. You will achieve nothing. You will produce nothing. And as winter comes and you have nothing, you got these stupid little silly plots of earth and you're calling that, oh, we're going to grow our own food. Oh, give us a break. You're not going to grow nothing with that. You want to see how to grow food? See how the white man does it in Kansas, okay? Go see what the white man's doing inside of, inside of, uh, Illinois or Indiana. That's, that's growing food. What you're doing is nothing. You're just like making yourself feel good. Trump, I don't really like the guy, what he's doing, but at the end of the day, I understand. If, if we as a white American country, okay, and we appreciate law and order with the way the media is aligned, with the way the corporate structure is aligned, with the way we have prosecuted the Jewish war on terror, which means we've been in the wrong 90% of the time. If you were to actually go and attack these areas with force right now, government force, you're going to have the same situation as you had in the Ukraine, in Tunisia, in the early days of Libya, in Egypt, in Syria, in maybe Yemen equally. And they're basically going to come out and tell you that you and your government no longer have legitimacy. You are essentially killing your own people. So it cannot be done through force of arms through the government. <laughs> okay, Hanshan, they produce a lot of crap, but that's not going to get a society building. Someone's saying they produce a lot of crap. Yeah, they do. They produce a lot of crap, but that's not going to build a society, nor is it going to build a community. I don't know if you guys saw that, by the way, the situation coming out of... uh uh yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, I love my chat room, by the way. I'm serious, I love my chat room. They're saying let Atlanta burn. I agree, let it burn. Let every single democratic hellhole burn. And then, because we've learned from Chazistan, we impose the same levels of segregation now. Unless we approve of you coming into our areas, you're not welcome. 
Seriously, you will not be welcome. If you think you're a black thug and you're going to come into these areas to try to escape the hell that you are, that you created, you better guess again. Now here's the situation. Proportionality, proportionality. At some level, at some level, I saw a video today, very, very, very disturbing. And it basically showed a white woman, probably in her late, not, well, probably 20, 22, something like that, very, fairly young, running away from a very big buffed out black dude. She tripped and fell, or maybe he was able to catch her and trip her up. I didn't quite catch to see that, what exactly caused her to fall. And she's on the ground and he absolutely took a swing at her and absolutely knocked her flat in one of the most brutal attacks I have ever seen uh, on video. It was horrendous what this black guy did to her. Now, I'm of the frame of mind at this stage. And this is, by the way, my show with Andy will not be airing tomorrow because I made it a little bit too inside the eye-ish. Inside the eye live-ish. Okay? They may, so basically Andy said, I, Dennis, I don't disagree with you, but I can't run with this show. And part of why is because of what I'm going to tell you today. Proportionality. But at what level does proportionality allow you to start shooting at people? If you see a six foot four black guy taking absolutely straight up wallop shots on some woman, do you have a right to shoot to incapacitate? Is that a fair thing to start asking? Is it a fair thing to start asking to start to hunt down some of these animals and start to deal with them? These are the, this is the direction the Democratic Party, the Jewish people are sending us. And it should not be that way. Frankly, if I'm, if I had my way, everybody would be, uh, really celebrating everybody's success, celebrating everybody's uniqueness, everybody, but it's not kumbaya, it's just, it's a positive thing to do in the world. But we're now entering the state where the left burn, loot, murder, which is an extension of the Democratic Party. The Democrats have said, we want nothing but change. And we will take power by force or by fraud. And if you get into a situation where they can legally start to tear apart your constitutional protections, you're going to have two choices. Give up those protections or fight to keep them. And if you're in a situation where you have to fight to keep those constitutional protections, doesn't it make sense at this stage to simply allow the police to melt into our own ranks instead of being in service of the state itself? The point now is that we have actually some reasonable restraint from the federal government as far as a President Trump goes. He could have very easily, I guess if he wanted to, sent in the military. Had he done that, it would have been political suicide. He can't do it. Just can't do it. The bikers, Hell's Angels, big biking gang, people you would not want to deal with, they're talking about clearing Chazistan. Again, Chazistan, the first thing Chazistan did was built a border. 
They built a wall. Then they armed the border. They armed that wall. And all of this time, these are the same freaking low-life morons who were arguing against protecting the borders of the United States of America and pretty much all of Europe. So what happens? What do we do? Do we start to mass arrest these people? Do we start to put them into concentration camps? That's a bad word. You can use FEMA camps. Do we try to break them apart as far as an organized structure? Do we start to take out the leadership? At what point do we allow these people to actually start doing the same thing to all of America? Because that's the plan. All these voices out there that are speaking, guess what? They're all being silenced. Everybody's losing their jobs if you speak something. What type of world is this? In the case, as, as you know from our case, Han, all he did was support somebody, lost his business, and he's not the only guy out there. So these guys are actually using force of violence now. They go into Chazistan, they take it over, and guess what? All the people that had businesses there, they're done. What do you think? The people of Chazistan are going to have money to pay for all the losses? Do you really think that Soros is going to pump up to my say, all right, I, we took over this part of America. It's now ours. Here, I'll pay you for your business. Now just go away. You think Soros is going to do that for you? You think Hillary Clinton's going to do that for you? You think the Seattle Democratic Party is going to do it? How about the state party, the state, the, uh, state Democratic uh, Party inside of uh, Seattle? You think they're going to go give everybody due compensation? Of course not. So what we're looking at is essentially takeover by violence and force. We're having, as we just keep keep moving on, in Tulsa, imagine one million, one million people have bought tickets or sought to buy tickets for Trump's first rally. One million. Now, Compare 1 million to 400 to 20,000 BLM Antifa people running amok, destroying large swaths of democratic-held cities. And do you really think that those cities would have this amount of destruction if there was a targeted campaign against the leadership of Antifa and BLM? And also, of course, their financing. And for how many weeks did we hear Trump? I'm going to declare these things a, a, a terrorist, uh, domestic terrorist organization. Did that ever happen? I never heard it. I never heard it. I heard he was going to. But the reason he can't is because if you actually click on a Black Lives Matter fundraising thing, support Black Lives Matter, the link sends you to the Democratic National Party. Okay, so basically it's the Democratic, that is a paramilitary arm of the Democratic Party. That's why Trump hasn't done it. Because he can't go and declare a, an organization, a domestic organization, which is a paramilitary wing of another party, a domestic op organization or a domestic terrorist organization. He can't do it. Simply because, well, it's, he's declaring then the Democrats a terrorist organization. He can't do that. So now we have a situation where Trump can bring one million people to Tulsa, Oklahoma, of all places, okay? 
And the Democrats can bring 20 to 40,000 people to the streets to burn, loot, and murder. After all, BLM matters. Burning, looting, and murdering matters. Now let's go in a different direction. Amy Acton again had a couple hundred protesters at her house and she resigned the same day. The Tulsa health officials are now on record as saying, oh, this should be stopped. It shouldn't go through because it poses a health issue. Again, where are of these one million people, why don't you bring 1,000 of you who want to be part of a rally Go find this SOB's house from these health officials' departments and you let it be known that you are not going to tolerate this level of oppression by unelected jackasses pretending to be medical professionals. They have two choices. They're either going to rescind their orders or they're going to face the consequences of the mob equally. That's where this has to go. Whether you like it or not, that's where this has to go. And it's going to be easy to go there if you do not have the police standing in your way. If those police get defunded, they're no longer... You think they're going to come and protect these democratic idiots out there? They ain't going to come to their aid. Now, if they are part of an organized militia, which is serving the status in this case, which would be the communist organization or the Democratic Party, you run the risk of dealing with these people. But again, the people are bigger than the police. And there will come a time where the police are going to have to make a decision. Are you going to be with the communists or are you going to be with the patriots? And that's going to be the choice they're going to have to make. Because it's very clear, the Democrat, the Democratic Party, they are not going to allow this situation to go away. They are going to keep this momentum until the election. Guys, do you realize that, and it's all about 2020, by the way, does everybody realize the election is less than 150 days away? Less than 150 days away. Imagine the hope. Imagine the dreams of all these tens of millions of Americans who don't necessarily support our views because our views are on the more extreme side. We are not extremists, but we are much more on the rational side of life, not the dreamy side of life, which is the middle part. Imagine all of those people, their dreams have been slashed because basically this president, whether you agree or disagree with them, he has been hounded his entire time. It's been unconscionable, quite frankly, what has been happening to him. Uh, let me go into... Uh, I'll have to get that later. We're going to start, I think, next week. Perhaps next week we're going to start the new cat report. Um, but we're going to be going into a break here in about two minutes. So maybe we won't do a cat report today. Maybe we'll get to an OIV moment. But uh, mm, got about a minute to go. I think maybe we're already in it. Let me check my, let me check my mouse. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Fetch Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. A good Thursday afternoon. Uh, really getting into early evening to those of you on the East Coast of the United States. It's early Friday morning to those of you in European and Asian time zones, which is, of course, where yours truly is. 
Uh, it's what, just after two o'clock in the morning here, something like that. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm tired, guys. I hope it's coming through okay, man, cause I'm dead. Uh, I'm just one tired boy. It's been a long week. Uh, I've been getting up a little bit earlier because of the, you know, basically a new project that I've taken on. Uh, obviously I'm sitting here. I gotta do something. So I took on another project, some education stuff equally. So everything is going great for me personally, okay? We just want to send that out. Everybody's been very courteous. Everything is going great so far. Believe it or not, excuse me, everything is going great in the Philippines too, quite honestly. Uh, so I'm not in a stressful situation per se. Now, I'm not expected to be able to fly out of here until perhaps maybe September. So we're going to hunker down. For the summer. Now, I'm going to be moving my house uh, because I don't have the contract with the university system like before. That will that that ended, so they were picking up my housing. I'm going to be moving everybody. But I'm looking to bring in some fiber. And if I do bring in some fiber, maybe we'll do some video streaming uh, just for the heck of it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying we will, but things are going well here. Uh, this month is our basically dues month. This is when we pay all of the mm, hosting and everything like that. So, uh, we're, we're still in the black. We've got funds. We can pay all our bills, so to speak, because I, I run this thing like a tight kind of business. I, I do need to do some maintenance. My production computer is like trashed. Uh, it's cracked. Uh, I need to get a, a new base. Maybe I should get somebody, well, somebody out there in the states to just send me one. Maybe I'll do that if you guys can. I've ordered it here, by the way, but uh, apparently it hasn't arrived yet. Give it another two weeks. If it's not, I'll put the word out. Try to somebody out there try to find this thing for me. Uh, but what else? Um, uh, the Oive moment, of course, it's brought to you by the Andrew Carrington Hitchcock Show or the ACH Show, and of course, you can catch uh, Andy's show every day from eleven to twelve o'clock. No, ten to eleven o'clock on uh, this. Eurofolk Radio, and again, he I think he rebroadcasts also at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Don't get me, I don't think, he, maybe you just check, but on the Jeff Rance Radio Network. Check it out on Jeff Rance. I think it's 6 o'clock at night, which is a good time to be out there, and he, he broadcasts. Now, we were again supposed to do another show. I'm going to post that show tomorrow. Andy said he, you have permission to post it. I just can't run with it in the U.K., uh, this was too much. So he basically, he's very kind and polite about it. He said, but this is basically, uh, too much of an inside the eye live show. Uh, so it's, uh, strong. So I'll post it tomorrow. So just be ready for that. I'll get it out there tomorrow after we post this show and get its write up done. So look out for that. It's the only place that show is going to be available is here at inside the eye live. Uh, so that just be aware of that. Uh, what else is news? Uh, first of all, let's get out to the Oive moment a little bit. One of the things that we've talked a lot about, I mean a lot about, is this idea in the United Kingdom that by utilizing the charge of anti-Semitism, Jews have effectively neutered the political process to where only Jewish-approved politicians are allowed to run. And the way they do that is if you don't fit the Jewish model, they simply label you as anti-Semitic or anti-Jewish, and therefore Jews, they veto your right to put anybody into power that you agree with. 
Now, as far as I'm concerned, this is a criminal mindset of the Jewish people. Our political system cannot have a healthy environment if Jews get to censure and silence anybody and everybody they want. This turns Jews into a seditious element within our midst. They are enemies of the American people, and they should be dealt with accordingly. Now, we understand that Jewish people are very wealthy. They have major backing of the military and police forces because basically their money comes from the Jewish power machine, which is, of course, printing by the Federal Reserve on down. But nonetheless, they're still enemies of the American people. And that's very clear. And all of this censorship, all of this throttling of conservative voices, guys, it's conservative voices, that's just Jews not allowing anything to rise up in protest or in opposition to their plan to destroy Western civilization. So this situation was heavily, heavily, heavily used in the UK. And it was used to torpedo the Corbyn campaign to become prime minister. Now, maybe I think it's Tony Corbyn. He wasn't all, or Jeremy Corbyn. I think Jeremy Corbyn. Maybe he wasn't all that electable anyways. But I'll tell you what, and we covered it here every every other week, it seemed, for the Oive moment. We were talking about how this politician or that politician was denied the right or the ability to run in a local election because Jews deemed him not acceptable and therefore Jews had him taken off of the ticket. Well, that strategy, this enemy, seditious strategy of Jews is now coming to America. West Virginia State Democratic Party is calling for the state's GOP to condemn anti-Semitic hate speech spread by Robert Carnes, a Republican state Senate. Now, here's my word. We should be calling on Jews to condemn every single anti-white statement by Jewish groups, every single anti-white statement by by the uh, sports authorities, every single anti-white statement coming out of the university system, and if they are proven to be anti-white, we should have the right to jail these people and lock them away for good if we want. If we want. Because isn't that what Jews are saying to us? That they want to keep you locked away and put away if Jews want? Do you understand the totalitarian dictatorship that the Jewish people are trying to create here? These people are looking for the jugular. They want to destroy the American people. It's so bad. The Supreme Court of the United States basically is now allowing the very Jewish LGBTQ community to sue anybody they want for any perceived slight or discrimination inside of the workplace where you just don't want to have these people involved. Now, let me get this straight. If you go into a Jewish area and Jews don't like you, they can discriminate against you all you want. Here's one case. Here, Carnes, he's a former West Virginia state senator. He won his June 9 primary against Senator John Pitzenberger. And according to the Democrat, the Democratic Party wants to tell us what to run. Again, these people are enemies. The mob is the next step, guys. Find out who these people are. Send a thousand people to their house. 
That's what it's going to take. Send 2,000 people to their house. Stop involving, stop your Jewish, you know, go ahead, make it as anti, make it as anti-Jewish as you want. Who cares? Because this is anti-American. And Jews, by default, if they're going to identify as Jews, they're not American. And if, if Jews want to argue that point, go ahead, knock yourself out. Get the hell and go out to Israel then. Because Jews will tell you the same thing. You don't like it, get away, get out of here. No, they'll try to arrest you for it. But Carnes was in a conversation with a guy by the name of Mike Pushkin, and he is a Jew. Uh, this Pushkin is a Jew, and he's a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates. He pushed, again, get this, he pushed a false conspiracy theory that George Soros made his fortune by selling Jews to the Nazis. Well, okay, um, that's probably fake because nobody sold anybody to the Jew, to the Germans. This was all a political issue to get you, get you traitors out of the, out of the, uh, out of the civil society, which is what we have to do now, don't we? So Karn said that uh, said Karn said that since Pushkin was a Jew, like billionaire liberal activist Soros, Pushkin could be like George. What's wrong with that? Again, who are you Jews in the community out there to try to silence people for that? Uh, we don't trust you. That person represents my voice. I back him. And if a Jew wants to drive this guy out of office, then we want to drive Jews out of office. It's very simple. If this is the game that the Jews are going to play, and it is, you have to have the mental and physical fortitude to just start to take action in your areas. And that means getting a thousand people, show up at this Jew's house, make sure that you've got a lot of signs out there about globalists and cosmopolitans and everything I sent and say, get out of our country, get out, get out, you're not American, go to Israel, you know, do what you want, just say everything you want. Make these guys feel so uncomfortable that they are fearful of the mob. And as crazy as that sounds, that's what's going to have to happen. Because it's very clear that they don't give a damn about what you really think. That's the sad reality. They don't give a damn about your rights, your interests, where you want the country to go. They want to rule over you by diktat, by fiat. Another one, social media campaigns uh, condemning quote-unquote Jew-hating professors gains traction. Well, again, this can only happen if... Excuse me. Jews who control the social media platforms allow these quote unquote campaigns of hatred to go against those who are opposed to Jewish agendas. I know that's a little twist of the words, but it's kind of true. It says here the existence of these Jew hating professors reflects not only on these individuals, but on the institutions that support them. Well, I'm of the same mind. The fact that you Jews support this type of censorship, the fact that you Jews want to create a dictatorial situation through the use of your own campaigns says everything about you Jews, and it reflects highly negative about the Jewish people in general. Again, why should we sit there and be silent in the face of all of this crap? So there's a social media campaign targeting professors known for sponsoring quote-unquote Jew hatred. Well, screw you guys. You're, you're humanity hating. Again, you're vile, evil, disgusting people. 
You're almost subhuman with this mentality because you've been in our civilized Western European culture for so long. But still, as soon as you come to power, you digress to being nothing but pathetic, disgusting little scumbag tyrants. Again, so what? You can't live within a civilized world? You got to resort to being bullies and brutish? Well, you know what happens to bullies and brutish? Because you don't listen, it turns into shooting. It turns into riots. It turns into physical campaigns or something else. Because you just can't make any common sense with these people. Now, do you want police funded to be against you at that stage? I would think defunding the police actually makes sense. Because these Jews are going to use the police to commit violence against everybody else. Now, this campaign, they say, which has been ongoing for the past month, has accumulated more than 400,000 impressions. Who cares? Who cares? We could get a million impressions for our words if you didn't silence us all the time. Again, the fact that you claim you're 400, I'll tell you what, little Jews out there, open up your frickin' censorship and let us get out there and start working. Let us see where we can go. Well, let's see how popular we are. You guys are such cowards in the Jewish community. You want to silence us. You want to throttle back our numbers. You want to shadow ban us. And you're going to brag about some numbers? Screw you guys. What a bunch of coward punks. Because that's really how I see it. You don't even want to play on the same playing field. You're a bunch of cowards. You're basically like some gay transgender monkey out there running against women inside of a track meet. And then you're going to cheer, oh, look how popular we are. Oh, boy, look at how good. No, this is cowardice. I view these types of stories as utter examples of Jewish cowardice inside of our, inside of our societies. Open your frickin', open up the, the market, you clowns. They don't want to do that, do they? Because they know they're going to get their asses kicked. They know they are going to get smashed. And the more they hold back and the more they demonstrate their hatred for the rest of the humanity and the more they demonstrate their hatred for the American way of life, the more this hatred is going to have to rebound against the Jewish civil societies out there and they are going to have to deal with the repercussions of their own projection of hatred on the American people. This is un-American. You know, Trumpy's... You know, I don't know. This guy, he's kind of crazy. Anyways, it says here, the existence of these Jew-hating professors, the very use of the term Jew-hating shows us racist hatred bigotry of Jews. This is disgusting evil behavior by the Jews. Who wrote this? We want to know who wrote it. We want them to be hounded. We want the mob on their front door now. How dare you use this language against us? How dare you try to think you have a right to your words, but you take away through YouTube, Google, uh, what else? Twitter, Facebook, you take away our rights. See, do you think you, see, this is what really pisses me off about this Jewish campaign. Seriously, guys, this is what pisses me off the most. They actually think they have a right to say whatever the hell they want to say, and then they want to deny us the right to say anything in rebuttal. I read so much of this crap from Jews out there and the rest of their clowns with the blue check marks and I can't say a damn thing in response. I'm sitting there having to allow these people to spew their garbage from their manure frothing mouth and we can't even rebut a single thing because Jews are cowards and they refuse to allow us to even write a comment in response. 
Think about that. This is the most cowardly, disgusting, evil society that we have within our midst today. Take away the funding, where's BLM? Take away the financing, where's Antifa? Now, here's another thing I learned today. Some woman, she threw a Molotov cocktail into a police car. Fortunately, nobody was in it, right? But basically, the FBI tracked her down, arrested her today. White woman, white woman, tracked down, arrested for destroying property. Okay. White woman. Her name's Blumenthal. Blumenthal. Now imagine, the name is Blumenthal, and everybody wants to run with the right, oh, it's a white person meme. Why didn't people come out and say the truth? A Jew got arrested for violence and terrorism against people. Because that would have been honest, right? Again, we see this level of contempt for even basic decency is at the very core of this campaign against the American people, the British people, the German people, everywhere. Now, the point now is this. It comes down to two things, and I will repeat it again. Political personnel. You're in this mess today. Everybody is in this mess today because this particular enemy of the American people has their people in power. Their people are making the dictatorial moves to lock everybody down. I can't even believe states are still locked down. Seriously. From what I understand here in Saudi, we're going to end the lockdown the 21st. I believe it's going to be just back to normal. We're finally going to be over with most of this stuff. Hopefully it comes true. I'll keep you posted as soon as I get the word on the next show. That would be a great thing. In the Philippines, they're acting like a bunch of children. Seriously, it's like the society is run by two-year-olds. Everything is like, you know, I bought a, I bought like a tricycle, you know, the tuk-tuk bikes, right? They're putting like plastic screens between all the passengers. I'm like, you guys are freaking idiots. You're, you're acting like a bunch of two-year-olds. It's insane. It's absolutely absurd. And you know what else happened here in Saudi? I had people, because people know I have the show, so people talk to me. And they came to me and said, you know, Dennis, you know, you've been telling us all this stuff about what's going on inside of America. You're not going to believe what happened to my, my, my friend's family. Somebody died and they told them that you have to put COVID-19 down on the death certificate. And they're like, what's this? So even though we don't have that many deaths here, it's like maybe 30, 40 a day. Some of those are being equated to COVID and it's not even this COVID thing. Then you have information coming out of Australia, by the way, some new information, a new scientific study has come out. It's currently under peer review, but it's showing that this particular virus indeed has been genetically modified to be very effective at being able to enter into human cells. Now, you'd have to believe the germ theory here and all of that kind of cool stuff, but if it is indeed the case, then somebody engineered this as a biological weapon. And the person who was there was Tony Fauci because his agency was funding this. So, again, personnel, personnel, personnel. The fact that you had 200 and some odd rioters released from jail a few weeks ago after rioting all night and burning, looting, and murdering in the city, 
Well, they were released because George Soros purchased that district attorney's position, and so she basically let everybody out. That, again, is personnel. To make things work effectively, everybody... Is, I got it, but watch what I'm doing. I missed the last break, didn't I? Uh, let me put this thing up. Okay, but yeah, everybody is going to have to pay attention to these two things. Look, most of you are out of work. You got time. You got time to talk to people. How do you get 40, 50, 100, not 40, 50, bring 200, 300, and go to the house of that health professional? Let them know that you want that decision changed or you want them out of office and you want them out of your town. You don't even want them in your neighborhoods anymore. Get rid of them. You're not welcome here anymore. That's what it's going to take. Isn't that kind of what the black lives and the murder people are doing? The burn, loot, and murder people are doing and the Antifa? Isn't that what they're doing? They're basically saying you're not welcome in our part of the town. Get out. And if you don't do what we say, we're going to pretty much beat the hell out of you. Isn't that kind of the message the media has been sending? So, okay, it's a civil war. Defund the police, get them out of your way, and start dealing with the politicians. Think about it. Think about hard about what I'm saying here. Defund the police. Let them become weak. Let them become antagonistic towards the Democratic leadership. Make sure a lot of these police just support it quietly. Don't sit there like Hannity and these others. Oh, this is madness. Oh, this is... No, it's actually no. Because these guys are at war with us. Even the police are at war with us, Hannity. You can try to claim they're not, but they are. We see it plain as day. And it's not across the whole place, but we know logically where it makes sense to defund the police. Defund them. Take away that layer of protection now who's going to come to the aid of the politicians their private detail security make sure that you try to win some of these police people over to your side they're not all of them but some of these are actually very professionally trained because they came out of the military guys it's civil war this is the problem it's a complete civil war now in certain parts of the country It's not across the entire country. There's lots of great places that are getting back to work, starting to function. But in those cities also, people need to say, okay, fine. It's Saturday. We had a good good work week. Let's get a thousand of us and let's go to this stupid transgender Levine up in, let's say, Pittsburgh. And let this little transgender freak know that you don't appreciate her his way of having some lunatic guy that doesn't know if he's a guy or a girl deciding for the rest of us what's good for our health and try to drive them out of business. Try to drive them out. Also, if, I'm serious about this too, if we have any deaths caused by the decisions of these health professionals, They should be put on notice that they will be held responsible for those deaths and it will be a capital type of criminal behavior that you will hold them accountable for. Let them understand that it's, it is a war. You recognize it's a war and you're going to treat it as a war and they're the enemy. 
It's the Fetch inside the Ally Primetime. Back with more right after this. Okay, everybody. Welcome back. It's the Fetch inside the iLive. Uh, again, it's sh- prime time though. <laughs> it's prime time, which is like early, early morning for me. It's what, 2.30 in the morning? 2.35? 2.33. Okay, something like that. Anyways, good morning good for, for those of you in, in the European Asian time zones. If you're, I guess, in, uh, uh, Australia, if we have anybody on board on Australia, in Australia, uh, it's early morning for you. It's not so bad. You're five, six hours ahead of me, so it's like 7.30 in the morning. That's like a nice morning wake-up call. I could be like drive time every time in, uh, Australia, I guess. We could go out, we could be, listen to the bitch, drive time, Melbourne, 103.5. You know what's interesting? You know, one of the key things that that's come out of this COVID nineteen thing is, for the most part, the borders have been shut, uh, especially for those of us who honor the law, right? And how much is still coming into America? But I did hear today inside the United States, if you're not familiar with the U.S., and I know most of you guys are listening in the U.S., but for those who are outside, if you want to work inside the United States, you need what's called a green card. And the United States has now stopped processing any more in-country green cards. Uh, there are some big stresses being put on some of these expatriate labor inside the U.S. Uh, go to Kuwait. Kuwait now has made a decision that they are going to reduce their population of expatriates by 40% in the next year to a year and a half. 40% of the population of Kuwaitis, not Kuwaitis, 40% of the uh, expatriate workforce there is going to be forced to leave the country. That's what you can do, though, if you have a really strong, solid immigration program. And everybody in the mid- here in the Middle East really does have a very good, strong immigration program. They know what they're doing. Uh, they really do. They're, if we Americans ran our country like this, we could easily control everything. Easy. Um, but we don't, you know, we don't. We have a bunch of very loose, uh, kind of like some days you follow the law, some days you don't. Well, now we have a situation in America where essentially they created something called DACA, the dream, I don't know what it was, Dreamers, American, I don't know, DACA, but basically allowed people who came in to America as very young children or who were born, I don't think they were born there, but I think they came here as very young children, something like that. Uh, they've been basically allowed to work inside of the United States because of this DACA. And what's interesting about DACA is it was signed by an executive order under Obama, and it created the program. So basically, this isn't even legislated. It was an executive order. Obama basically said, look, we're going to allow this to happen. Here's my order, and it happened. Well, Trump, he now wants to use the same executive order process, and he wants to now reverse the process and then they took it to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. So this is what I don't understand. And again, the Supreme Court is now making themselves out to be an irrational, illogical, buffoonish, literally clown world court. How is it, from any common sense, can a president create an order that allows a situation to prosper, and then later... Another president then wants to cancel that original executive order. So what? You can create it, but you can't get rid of it by executive order? 
Again, the courts here are in the wrong. And again, the courts should be visited by the people. No politician, no court officer, no police officer involved in crimes against the people, and that includes arresting people because they're out there playing with their kids and they're not social distancing. Well, you bunch of idiots. And I swear, any of you police following these orders, you're a bunch of freaking idiots, okay? You're a bunch of low-life loser idiots, all of you. And the people should pay a visit to you because you're just slime. You're no better than the people that supposedly killed this Floyd character in Minneapolis. You're, you're from the same disgusting sleaze environment. I have no patience for, for cowards who will go and impose a tyrannical law dictated, not even legislated out there in the political world. But it just, it just strikes me as absolutely insane that essentially Obama can create it, the DACA program by executive fiat, executive order, and then Trump can't repeal it. I mean, what's that? I mean, again, who makes up these laws? See, we're almost at the stage now that the Supreme Court clearly, from an intellectual point of view, they're just idiots. They're they're not even qualified. Guys, you can't have one program here from one president and then another president wants to countersign it away and somehow you and the court are supposed to be involved. Again, we don't need to be lorded over by a class of idiots. Every single one of those, the court shouldn't even have taken up the case, okay? The court, Supreme Court should never have taken the case. So basically you have literally demonstrably stupid court people, demonstrably idiots Demonstrable idiots, I should say, making decisions that are affecting us. And why should, because it was a five to four vote, why should one person in the United States, one little piece of garbage, ignorant, stupid jackass on a court, decide for the entire American people what's going to happen in our country? Think about that for a second. Think about that. One completely stupid, idiotic guy sitting in a courthouse is going to decide the direction of the American people. The American people and mass should show up at those people's houses and say, this is not acceptable. Who the hell are you to be engaged in this? Think about that. We should never tolerate any more in the future. This level of incompetence, this level of ignorance, this level of stupidity by the Supreme Court or any other court official for that matter. These things should be thrown out on their, on their asses, literally. Literally. It should be made known by the good people of this country. And I'm talking about every country, okay? Ultimately, what I say about America, take it to yours. It's easier in America, guys, because you guys have guns. You have freedom. Much more than they have in Germany or England or elsewhere. Okay? It's just, just must go. So essentially, somebody wrote here, and this is gaining traction. And, and again, the reason why is because the cops during the COVID-19 scare, pandemic, scam, as an organizational structure or an institutional pillar, if you want to call it that, they prove themselves to be enemies of the people of the United States. So somebody wrote 
and get this, and this is not a leftist. This is a conservative. Says American cops really are trash. He goes on to say, uh, American cops really do need to be totally disbanded and fired. And what caused this? Israel. Israel did it. Israel and the Jewish community are 100% certifiably responsible for the horrific American police. And that's so true. See, people do get it out there. Hi, going out to the 708 area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Primetime. Hey, yeah. Yeah, first and foremost, that DACA, we all know, I mean, pretty much people out here know that the whole DACA issue was illegal to begin with. You couldn't do that by executive order. And it's because of the corrupt courts and the corrupt Supreme Court uh, that that stuff was able to go on and it continued to go on. And, you know, even in Donald Trump's administration, they, they, they still try to use it as some political tool. But when the case you're talking about here, this instance, see, the president, the current president has the ability and the right and the power to undo what a previous president did. And that's what he was doing, whatever. Then it goes to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court now is saying, well, you, you can't do that unless we approve of it. This is basically what they're saying. They're trying to legislate from the bench, is what, and it's not what they're supposed to do. Well, the point okay? here is so that any president, I, well, I, I agree. Well, that's why I'm saying Nowadays, since you're in a state of civil war, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 people need to show up at their houses and let them know that if we do not see a reversal of their attitude, they may not have a, a little breath to have an attitude with. Because this is, unco- this is unconscionable that one little jackass in a black robe decides for the American people where the American people are supposed to go. When it's very clear common sense as you're saying, look, one president has the right to undo what another president did. Yeah, well, you got nine. Yeah, but it's a five to four vote. Okay, so one of those guys, you can just hold them up. Just hold this. It doesn't matter. Take any one. At this stage, who cares? Take one of the five, hold them up, and say, who are you to to stop this? The other four are idiots, but they're all idiots. Just hold one up as an example. Who cares? Well, you got to recall here uh, that Trump appointed two new idiots to that bench. And these two idiots at that bench are making – you think they're conservatives or whatever they're presented by uh, Trump and they're up on that bench and you think they're on our side who what's our side well liberty and freedom and justice for all but you know these people are now making decisions that you and I are conservatives or heritage Americans don't agree with and why because they're pretty much been bullied you know like the Kavanaugh hearings they pretty much told him look this is what we can do to you see what we did to you during these hearings you do what we want you make decisions we want or we're going to make your life miserable so we got kavanaugh making decisions uh siding with people like roberts who roberts is a is a he's down with the obama administration he's got a lot of uh nefarious activity behind him we'll put it and uh so on and so forth so this is what we're looking at look the judicial branch is is corrupt and this has been the biggest problem that we've had and it's one of the biggest problems even if trump was 100 percent everything we wanted to be he's had the judicial branch to deal with this whole time good well, I agree with you. Um, again, but my point now is since we're in a situation where mob is the only thing that the politicians in the courts are listening to, it's time to take a playbook from the left and just take it to these people equally and be a lot smarter about it, a lot more subtle about it, but let these people know that there is a huge amount of, uh, or there's a very, very little amount of, uh, 
patience left in the people. And if you don't start behaving, we're going to make something up. We have another caller on the line. Make a quick point, and we're going to run Hold one second. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the other day they made a court ruling uh, uh, changing the Civil Rights Act and giving, like, uh, for they say it's for LGBT people that they can't fire LGBT people, otherwise discrimination, so they Mm -hmm. gave them protected rights. But if you read between the lines there, what they've actually did is they changed the the verbiage to sexual orientation. And this, and even though you're not going to hear about now, you might hear it 5, 10, 15 years from now, they actually gave protection to pedo criminals. So basically they changed the verbiage to sexual orientation. And you know they say that people that have uh, proclivities to young children and so on, that is a sexual orientation. So basically what they did is they made a law. They made laws from the bench, changing laws. Again, it's not the business of the court to do that. Again, these are now issues. I'm aware of this one. I didn't realize it was like as bad as you're just saying, though. I just hadn't read it yet. I was aware. But, yeah, what you're saying here is that, again, the people need to just say to the courts, it's not your freaking business to be making laws. It is not for us to follow your dictates. You are not elected by us to make these laws. You have no authority, and you either, A, rescind this, or you may have problem from we the people. It has to come down to us. This is an act of violence by the courts against the American people. It's imposing dangerous precedents on the American people that will affect children, that will affect companies, that will affect individuals. And it's not for the courts to be making these decisions. And so I am all for people taking to the streets, going to these people at these courthouses, outside their homes, let them know that this is not acceptable. It's not your right to be doing that. And you either A, rescind it, or you may have some problem from we the people. That's how it's got, that's how it's working. They don't understand any other sense of logic here. Yes, sir. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Telephone lines are going to be reopened again. Uh, one three two three two seven five one three one four. Uh, we had a couple of calls there coming in, but, uh, I don't know if they connected. Uh, what else? Yeah. I think now we're sitting, looking at a situation that people are starting to get it. It's, you don't need everybody involved, everyone. You don't need everybody involved, but you need a good critical mass involved. And the Republic, is at stake. And I have heard many people tell me from all over the, the world, basically. For instance, today, I was talking to an Indian guy. From India, guys. No, not India. I take that back. He's from Pakistan. And we got talking a little bit about politics, and I gave him my position. And, you know, I said, he said, what's the problem with your country? I said, my country is run by Jews. And it's run by Israel. And here's a Pakistani kid telling me, well, aren't you going to get in trouble if you said that in your own country? And he's from Pakistan. People get the dangers. Hi, 360 area code. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live. That's Washington, that's Washington State, 60 miles south of Seattle and all this nonsense. Wow. Welcome to the call. Great to have you on board. So... Well, you're saying that a lot of these people are black people, but you have to remember there's other races, including whites, are involved. 
when you have all the Amazons and the Microsoft money there, these people are hook, line, and sinker swallowing this kumbaya collectivist totalitarian one world. It's represented by a lot of different races. What I would like to encourage is something that could be done to remove ourselves from this. One would be worldwide. There is a agricultural pursuit that everybody could be focusing their efforts at. It has to include making their own charcoal out of wood waste and debris. This holds the minerals so they don't leach away. What I'm calling you for is because, of course, there's no forums to discuss this because there is something that Brendan O'Connell discovered called BIRD, Binational Industrial Research and Development. Out of Israel, they control what is and isn't looked into. And when somebody does discover something, of course, they get a cut of that so that they can monopolize it. The biochar subject matter is completely controlled. We are going to have to change the world into a socialist Ocasio-Cortez nightmare in order to, and here's the key part, get government funding to pursue it. When I can go out and make a wheelbarrow tomorrow by myself, on what needs to happen, fire, wildfire reduction is just reducing wood waste to charcoal that lasts a thousand years in the soil. This, I'd, I'd love to see being able to use your show to discuss, you know, Israel controls what does and doesn't happen, but there's a way out, which is not going to include all these knuckleheads up in the Seattle metropolis area wanting to live in a smart city. It's going to be rural people that are making themselves very comfortable using the wood resource and, you know, distilling water, heating their greenhouse, worm bins. There is just you know, 25 things that somebody like Nikki Rapana up at a tent in Alaska could say, you know, this hillbilly heaven, you got it all going here, and, and all you're doing is burning wood waste, you're making charcoal, you're doing a dozen things all at the same time. If, you know, someplace like Olympia, where we live, which is strictly a government town, everybody's on the rear titty of the government, if we were to say, you know, we're tired of these homeless people, there's all these unemployed, let's set up a facility that fabricates all of America's vast junk. We, we, everybody has stuff. Well, let's show these young kids how to turn a bathtub or an old sink into something that makes biochar, and that's just the half of it. If you were taking waste material like 
brush and weeds and unwanted, invasive, noxious plant material. I mean, I'm living in a horticultural heaven. It's six feet tall, lush and green. You can run over with a lawnmower. Now you have a mash. We extract the liquid from the mash in vats of water and use that material directly for our horticultural needs to, you know, sick plants or you want something to double in size, that liquid full of chloroform is just spectacular amundo. Hmm. Then, then we, we take that mash that now might have some weed seeds in it, we lay it on metal roofing in the sun, and we water it with another piece of steel over the top. Now, all those weed seeds have heat and water. What are they going to do when they have that? They are going to germinate. Then you take the upper metal piece off, and you just dry and cook the crap out of it. Anything that was alive is now dead, and it goes right into the vegetable garden as a mulch covering your soil. All these solutions exist. But we definitely have a Israeli control of this. I have been discouraged by Jewish people to get into farming. Many of them have. They've set up their little gig. I don't suppose you've ever heard of a CSA before, Dennis. No, go you ahead. You know that acronym? No, go ahead. Community Sup- Supported Agriculture. This is communitarian food growing. There's no rural guy with solidarity and what are you on my property for? Get the hell out of here. I don't want or need any of your services. All of you government tax collectors are simply parasites. I benefit nothing from you, but I get a huge bill from you every two months for all the services I don't want or need. I want solidarity from this system. So what what's going on in Seattle is a tide change. What was working, you and I don't want. True. We, we don't want a good chunk of this system. We want a change. We need to steer people in a direction, but if you just complain that we're so screwed, we have to have solutions to move this forward. I, I think there's a, a couple of names I'll drop. The Urban Farmer in southern British Columbia, just north of me. His name is Curtis Stone. There's a whole bunch of people with the last name of Stone that are misbehaviors. And this guy is a communitarian. He will not embrace any of what I had to say here because he he just is a rape and pillage farmer. He wants people to not even own the land that he is growing vegetables for hoity-toity restaurants. He's trying to encourage people, here's the big money, it's easy money, just grow all these greens and sell them to the restaurants because we're all in a service industry now. I, I want 
something like your show to invite him on to debate this subject. Real stewards of the land put effort back into the soil because they aren't going anywhere. This renting people's land and tenant farmers, it's nonsense. All right. I'll tell you what. That's very interesting. Send me an email. I'd like to hear maybe speak more about that, but we're out of time. Uh, great call to end it. Thanks so much for calling in. And, again, send me an email. Send me some information. Let's look into that. It's the Fetch, everybody. Good night from Riyadh. See you Saturday.